Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests on Blog Talk Radio as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome, and remember, beware, because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Let me ask you a question. Are you a diabetic? Or do you know someone who is a diabetic? Tell me, would you like to learn more about what diabetics should or should not eat? Have you ever wanted to know what comfort foods diabetics can eat? Can you imagine what the best fast food would be for a diabetic? Tell me, do you know what the best sugar substitutes are? And when was the last time you heard about eating a healthy breakfast? Or better yet, would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers that you're looking for? Now are you ready to learn how to eat successfully as a diabetic? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place, and I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today I will be introducing you to my guest, who is a coach extraordinaire. She will provide us with wonderful, informative, and inspirational lessons and some really, really great advice for diabetics and their families. Before I introduce my guest, I'd love to invite you to call in during the show. The call-in number is 818-431-8506. I'm pleased to announce today that our show is featured on the front page at Rock Talk Radio as a staff pick, and I am honored to be a feature host, and we now have over one million wonderful listeners. Also, LinkedIn has announced that my profile was one of the top 5% most viewed during 2012, which was very exciting news for me. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. She is an award-winning cookbook author, nutritionist, and the food editor of Diabetics Forecast magazine. She has written 14 cookbooks, including the American Diabetics Association bestseller, Diabetic Meals in 30 Minutes or Less. She has numerous media credits, including Food Network, Martha Stewart Radio, Lifetime Television, Discovery Channel, 
CNN, CBS, ABC, ESPN, and many more. Her works have been highlighted in the Washington Post, Women's Day, USA Today, Fine Cooking, and many others. It is my pleasure to welcome to this show today, Robin Webb. Hi, Robin. How are you doing today? Hi, how are you? I'm good. Oh, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. I've been looking forward to sharing you with my listeners. Um, now, let's talk about uh, how did you get into writing? What prompted you to write cookbooks for diabetics? The most universal dream well, is losing family. Both sides, my mother and my father's side, have people with diabetes. And I saw very early on, as early as childhood, um, various people in the family, some being better than others, but I had always been interested in how one manages their diabetes. And uh, I went to school for nutrition, I was a nutritionist, and then the American Diabetes Association contacted me, oh, probably about 1994, to start doing some work for them. And then more work became more work uh, <laughs> with them, and uh, it's, it's currently what I do specialize in. As you have said, I actually have written 16 cookbooks now. Um, most every one of them, not every single one, but most every single one um, is uh, for people with diabetes. <laughs> and uh, it's just something I've committed myself to, and I think that people with diabetes, since it's such a self-management yeah, disease, really just need the tools to manage it themselves. Not that they, they need their physician, they need their nutritionist, but they also can manage so much on them, themselves. So uh-huh. they need the right information, and that's why I do what I do. Okay. And this cookbook, uh, you, you had one cookbook called Comfort Foods. And uh, what mm-hmm. is this? That was my very last cookbook uh, that I just did. And I'm proud to say, January, that it is uh, number one oh. in all diabetic cookbooks on Amazon. It's number one oh. on the American Diabetes Association website. It's number, um, and it's way up there in, Total books of Amazon is like in the top five percent. It's done great. It's won two awards, one of them international. Oh, wow. um, it's done really, 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 really well. It's my best book. It's my prettiest book too. So uh, <laughs> very happy with the book. And it's, it's great. It's everything comfort food that you would never think that the people with diabetes can eat, and they can. So it was okay. great, really cool. So, what are some of the favorite comfort foods that uh, are in your book for diabetics? Well, you know, the, the one that always gets all the accolades on Amazon, it's really cute, is, the, um, is my mac and cheese. I had a one woman write, just buy the book for the mac and cheese alone, and that was her entire review. I mean, it was, it was so sweet. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I have things like that. I have things like, you know, great grilled cheese. I have meatloaf. I have, you know, everything you probably grew up with is uh-huh. in the book. As okay. well as international. A lot of people forget that in, in very small little restaurants all over Europe, Mm-hmm. They serve absolutely typical comfort food. And I travel all over Europe. I'm, uh-huh. I travel over here. And so I brought back some of the real homey recipes from, from old Europe uh, to put in the book as well. So it's a combination of everything. And then there's great desserts, and i got brownies and all kinds of uh-huh. stuff. And everything <laughs> meets our guidelines for people with diabetes. So it's all, okay. it's all perfectly, perfectly uh-huh. good. And so obviously these fast foods, uh, these recipes are for people, uh, they're not just for diabetics. Anyone can eat them and enjoy them, right? Exactly. And one of the things that we want to uh, strive for at the American Diabetes Association is to let people know that all of us, everything that we profess is based on pre-diabetes, people uh-huh. with heart disease, uh-huh. uh, people who just want to lose weight. So you're right, it's not it's just for people with diabetes. 
because there really is no diabetic diet. It's a healthy, you know, low-fat, high-fiber food program that is suitable for anybody really to follow. Okay, now what about Italian food and especially pastas? Um, are we able? Uh, are you able to continue eating pasta if you're a diabetic? Oh, sure. I mean, it's also a matter of great portion control. You know, oh. most people that have pasta, you know, they don't have one cup. They have seven cups, which is not what you want to be doing. Yeah. So in the book, I created an entire, an entire pasta section with really highly flavorful sauces, a lot of them using a lot of vegetables, so that the proportions are inverted. Rather than a small amount of vegetables and a large amount of pasta, it's a small uh-huh. amount of pasta and a large amount of vegetables. Okay. So it's really a matter it. of knowing what to do. Yeah. Okay. That's really nice. stays off limits. Uh-huh. Now tell me, what are some of the best uh, sugar substitutes uh, for diabetics and for anyone, for that matter? Well, it's a very good question because I really, in this book, as well as most of my other books, I really don't use what we call low-calorie sweeteners. A lot of people refer to them as artificial sweeteners. Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe in just small amounts of sweeteners. I even do use sugar. Um, oh. It doesn't mean that when a person is diabetes, if they sugar, it's not going to be good for them. It, again, has to be in the right proportions. So, mm-hmm. I, well, I also try to keep my recipes, you know, low fat and low in total carbohydrates. I also like to cook very naturally. So there will be recipes with a very small amount of sugar, a very small amount of honey. I do also like stevia, which is the which is a no-calorie sweetener, but it is completely natural. So I tend to, and this is me personally, this isn't an American Diabetes Association requirement, but I tend to personally cook basically more natural, so I don't use a lot of artificial sweeteners. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear you talk about stevia because... I've tried to, um, my husband and I, we both try to uh, eliminate sugar from our diet just for health reasons. We're not diabetic, but we just want to eat healthier. And so I use stevia, and uh, I've become so fond of it, and it's a wonderful substitute for me. Um, Now, can you recommend some um, websites that have healthy uh, recipes that people can go to? Does your website feature recipes? My website does, which is robinweb.com, but of course the American Diabetes Association you can get, in addition to my recipes, you can get lots of other recipes, and that's that's very simple, it's just diabetes.org, and that is where, you know, have people with diabetes first go to for their go-to resource for everything diabetes is the American Diabetes Association. Okay, okay, well that's uh, good for our listeners to know, and uh your website is posted on our show page today. Um, now, what about uh, for a cocktail or a glass of wine? Can a diabetic do that? Sure. And, again, it's a matter of careful menu planning. This is why we highly suggest that when people are diagnosed with diabetes that they go visit a registered dietitian and let uh-huh. that dietitian know their lifestyle. And they would like to have a glass of wine. So how do they fit it in? It's all a matter of numbers. It's all a matter of making sure you take your blood sugar, see how foods react uh, mm-hmm. with, with your blood sugar. It doesn't mean that you can't have something. You know, everyone's an individual, and thank God for that, right? Right. Um, everyone needs something different. So I do have my own clients who do have diabetes where I'm able to work in a glass of wine. I mean, anything in excess, of course, is not is, is not great for any of us. Uh-huh. Um, but it doesn't mean that a person with diabetes has to swear off everything that they've been used to. It's a matter of numbers. It's a matter 
working different programs, everything works. Well, that's such good news for uh, diabetics who are listening and their families. Uh, it's just a question of moderation and getting some good counseling to help you on this uh, quest to eat healthy. Yeah, the counseling, exactly, January. I cannot overstress the counseling more enough. You know, I know a lot of people like to do things on their own, and that's very admirable. It, it truly is. But, you know, when it comes to figuring out a food program and numbers and counting carbohydrates and, mm-hmm. you know, overall calories, it, you really need the assistance of somebody who's trained. And it will save you a lot of heartache as well. So you might as well just do it because this is what they're there for. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you know, I'm a chocoholic, and I, I always promote chocolate for all the problems in life. <laughs> but is chocolate a problem for diabetics? Now, again, it's it's a matter of fitting it in, you know. I mean, we would recommend certainly a dark chocolate, something with just a very high uh, cocoa count versus sugar. Um, so you know, it's a, one of those things that you would bring to a dietitian and say, you know, I really do like chocolate. How might we be able to fit it in? And it might be a whole lot less than you've been used to. It might be that you can't do it anymore at all. I mean, it might be that you can have the same amount. We don't know. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that, again, has to be worked with with a registered dietitian to see if it can fit in the different program. I mean, you know, chocolate simply with calories. It does have fat. It's something that you want to, you want to look at the goals that you want to achieve. And everyone with diabetes has different goals. There are people with diabetes that do not need to lose any weight at all. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, their main goal is blood sugar control. We have people right. who... So there are people who want to lose weight, blood sugar control, I want to run a marathon, you know. So there's just a lot of different, a lot sure. of different Well, you know, there's so many uh, uh, sugar-free chocolates, and everything you see on the shelves uh, is sugar-free. Now, are these uh, options a good option for a diabetic? Well, it would depend, you know. You would think I would say immediately yes, but I have a little hesitation in my voice. Yeah. Uh, with good reason. Um, some of the what we call sugar-free products um, are made with what we call sugar alcohols. Anything uh-huh. ending in T-O-L, so you see something called like xylitol, malitol. The right. problem with those January is for some people, they could really cause some gastric distress. So you want to be really careful. Um Something that's also sugar-free isn't calorie-free. And uh-huh. as, as, intelligent, as intelligent people are, um, they, they can automatically think, oh, this is sugar-free, so it's much healthier for me. Uh-huh. And still has calories. So uh-huh. it's not something that you should go in free fall with. Um, so I would advise probably not saying, oh, well, now I can have as much sugar-free products as I want, rather <laughs> looking at what you enjoy having. And even if it's something just real, like a really good dark piece of chocolate, how do I fit in a small half-ounce portion versus eating an entire sugar-free chocolate? Yeah. I'm not a big fan, to be honest with you. And, again, that's mm-hmm. a personal viewpoint. I'm just not a big fan of a lot of the sugar-free products. That's very interesting. You know, Robin, we're going to take a break now and hear uh, sure. a word about your host. And when we come back, I want to talk about your healthy mac and cheese. We'll be right okay. back with Robin Webb. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones the author of Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. 
Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shalt Not Whine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Wine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Welcome back with my wonderful guest, Robin Webb, who is an expert on diabetic eating, and she has written 16 books. Uh, Robin, would you again please give your website and uh, tell my listeners where they can get your books? Sure. My website is my name, Robin, Robin with a Y, so it's R-O-B-Y-N, Webb, W-E-B-B, just run that all together. Mm-hmm. Um, com. And the book is available either on Amazon, of course, or you can also uh, get it on, on the American Diabetes Association website at diabetes.org. Okay, and the the last book was Comfort Food, so that sounds very, yes, very American comforting. American Diabetes Association Comfort Food book, yes. Yeah, it, it really, you know, I've been writing books so long, January, but I guess I just was so overwhelmed of the amount of sales that we have done on this book. I, you know, all my books have always done well. This one just was like through the roof, and I'm yeah. still kind of in awe about it all. But well, I good. guess the truth is, people really were waiting for something that there are a lot of foods that they're familiar with. It's not that yeah. any of my other books were difficult or anything, mm-hmm. but just you know, you say comfort food, and everyone comes running. It's amazing. So I'm <laughs> well, very. You don't get you don't get more comfortable than a healthy mac and cheese. And how did you exactly. create that? That sounds awesome. Exactly. Well, one of the things that I did was well, first of all to make it really creamy. I started with make, I made my own sauce. So mm-hmm. it's a skim milk based sauce infused with some lovely flavors with some pepper and some bay leaf. And it's a, it's a kind of a white sauce that just simmers for a while. And then I just added in some extra sharp reduced a little bit reduced fat cheese, mm-hmm. and uh, mixed it with um, with the elbow noodles, and suggested whole wheat if you can to make it healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, added some parmesan as well, oh, um, and then just and then just baked it. And uh-huh. our nutritional analysis came out much lower than than typical mac and cheese. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. very creamy. Um, it's just it's just lovely. And I again, that was one of the first reviews on Amazon, and I wish I'd heard of that review. I don't know who the woman is. I want to like go and thank her because <laughs> how she just said, you know, that she said, just buy the book for the mac and cheese alone. But and that was a whole review, and it was just it was just so cute. Um, and I was very grateful for that. But uh, oh, sure. who doesn't love mac and cheese? So everyone that does. Was one of, that was one of the first recipes that we tested for the book. Oh, perfect. Now, uh, if uh, we go to a, a diabetic goes to a party and there's a table full of cookies, cakes, cheese, and crackers and or appetizers, what's the, what's the best option? What should they eat? Well, I always tell people before a party, unless you know your host really well and you know uh-huh. what they're going to be staring, you know, go ahead and eat something probably before you go. So you're not okay. tempted, you know, to just dive into the buffet table. The other thing is, you know, Take a look around. Take a look around that buffet table. It's amazing. Sometimes I, I'll go to a buffet table, and all the cookies and the cakes and all the goodies are up front. Then somewhere, scrolled in the back, 
uh-huh. you know, the fruits and the vegetables. You know, it's kind of like they take a back seat. So really, I would tell people take a really good look around to see what's first so that you can, you know, eat something that's healthier. Um, sure. If not, you know, think about during the day before you go to that party, they're probably going to have a cookie. They're probably going to have a cake. And maybe you do know your host well enough that she makes these incredible cookies and you really want one. Well, then you should have enough tools, if you've been seeing a registered dietitian, to to work it, to think about your food program during the day so that you can allow for some treats. Um, so I don't think it's it's really uh, feeling like if you have diabetes, you can't go to a party or enjoy yourself. You have mm-hmm. to carefully plan it. And then I always say, listen, a party, yes, a party's there for some of its food, but a party is mostly you go to see friends and to get yeah. and to enjoy yourself. Right. So learn to do a little bit more of that than putting things in your mouth. <laughs> okay. Now what about your, uh, you call the festive, festival of carbs and meat. <laughs> and this is the traditional ham, turkey, gravy, sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, green beans, casserole stuffings, you know, Thanksgiving or Easter. How would you change this meal and keep everyone at the table happy? Well, there's a couple things you can do. Um, I always recommend to people just making smaller amounts of the food so there isn't so much. I mean, who really needs, like, you know, a 20-pound ham sitting on the table? Maybe yeah. it's a much smaller amount that you prepare. Um, second of all is, you know, just little ways that you can cut back. So you make the mashed potatoes not with butter. You know, you make it with a little bit of olive oil and some chicken broth. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe with your stuffing, you switch it to whole wheat. You know, you don't necessarily have to say, okay, now we're not going to have any stuffing. We're going to just have toast and casserole or something. And you don't have to do something like that. It's uh-huh. you know, changing up the fat a little bit, serving it in smaller portions. And this brings to mind, it's a very good question, because it brings to mind um, – what I did for the American Diabetes, Diabetes Forecast Magazine as, as food editor this past holiday season, uh-huh. I do think that there's more portions of things. So instead uh-huh. of making stuffing in one giant casserole, which is really hard to portion out and you know, there's temptation to keep going back, is to make little small casseroles, of them, little ramekins of them. So they're already pre-portioned. They look elegant. They look lovely. They're almost easier to prepare than one big giant casserole. Uh-huh. Um, so portion control is a big piece of this as well. Now, bear in mind, like anything, even for a person with diabetes, it is one day out of the calendar. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a little bit more, is your diabetes going to spin out of control? Probably not. If you're somebody who's really been in control and you have a little bit more, I mean, not, there's not going to be much damage. I'm not giving people a license to just go crazy on the home. Yeah. <laughs> but remember that it is one day. Now, if one day turns into two days and two into four and four into yeah. eight, then yeah. we have a problem. Yeah, but, um, exactly, exactly. So remember that it is only one day as well. And then try to do as many vegetables. You know, I think that's another key is that during the hot time, it's starch, 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 and there's no green, 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 green. So we want to make sure that there's enough vegetables on the table as well. People forget about them during the holidays. They're kind of an afterthought, and that needs to be on the table. Sure. Now let's, uh, let me ask you about... Uh, uh, if you're overweight or obese, uh, does that mean eventually you will develop type 2 diabetic diabetes? Well, it is a risk factor, January. It is a risk uh-huh. factor. So it's something, you know, it's a risk factor for everything, for heart disease, for cancer, for digestive problems. I mean, there's a lot of things related to obesity. So it's just a good idea to really lose weight. Um, does it always correlate? Are people who have obese, who are obese with they you know, never get diabetes, sure. I mean, there's plenty of people who are overweight who yeah. really, it always astounds me, uh, 
It just sounds me. But, but then again, you have to look at they're carrying extra weight. So even if it's not showing up in vital statistics, you know, blood work, it, mm-hmm. it's showing up in the way that they're moving their body around in life and it's yeah. harder and they're breathing harder and they're not enjoying life as much. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would suggest anyone who really is overweight or obese, you need to, you need to get a professional assistance and, and lose the weight because it's important. Oh, yeah, it's so important. Now, one of the myths that everyone I've always thought, and other people have said this, eating too much sugar causes diabetes. Is this a a fact? Very, very good question. I'm glad that you asked it because it's still kind of a quote-unquote myth that gets perpetuated. It isn't Uh a direct cause and effect, A equals B. It doesn't happen that way. It's almost A equals B equals C equals D. In other words, if you have eat too much sugar, you're probably eating too many calories. You're eating too many calories and maybe you're not exercising, you're going to put on weight. What's one of the risk factors for diabetes? Being overweight. So it's kind of more like that versus mm-hmm. eating a ton of sugar. But we know that eating a ton of sugar, what happens is, A, it's not nutritious. B, it crowds out other foods from getting into your diet. So if you're eating sugar constantly, unless you're somebody who's ravenously hungry all the time, you're mm-hmm. probably full from eating that cake and cookies when are you going to have time to put in some vegetables? So it just takes up some room in the diet. Otherwise, it would have been occupied by something healthier. So sugar is not the evil that we make it out to be. Very small doses and it's a little treat. You know, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But okay. it doesn't directly, there isn't a direct A to B correlation between eating sugar and getting diabetes. But it's still no. a good idea to way back. <laughs> okay, we have time for just uh, one more question. If you have type 2 diabetes and your doctor says you need to start using insulin, does that mean you're uh, failing to take care of your uh, illness properly? Well, if you need insulin, I mean, there is a, there does come a point for a lot of people, they've been working it through their food program, they've been working it through exercise, and their blood sugar is still having a little bit of trouble keeping mm-hmm. stabilized. So insulin can be a big help. Um, thank God we have insulin. You know, the years when we didn't have insulin, it was very hard. Um, so take that insulin, you know, if, if it's recommended by your physician to do so, you do so. Um, it can really help. You have to be diligent with it. Um, I always tell people a lot can be accomplished through exercise and diet. You need to, as soon as you're diagnosed with diabetes, don't fool around. You know, mm-hmm. if it's diagnosed just through exercise, and changing your food program and your lifestyle, then you do it, and you do it 110%. Um, it doesn't guarantee that you wouldn't ever go on insulin, but it can go a long way to, to, for keeping yourself healthy and stabilized without it. Um, mm-hmm. No one loves to go on insulin, let's face it. I'm not saying, you yeah. can't wait to go on insulin. Um, no one yeah. loves it, but it does, it does assist and it does help, and if your doctor prescribes it and you need it, you do it. Well, you know, this has been so informative and wonderful, Robin, having you on the show. I think oh, your, your book, Comfort Food, is truly a comfort to everyone who is a diabetic or for their families. Thank you so much for writing it. And I hope that you will come back and uh, do another show with us over the holidays. Sure. My pleasure. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. To my listeners. We hope you've enjoyed our show today, and be sure to catch this interview with all of our amazing guests with constant streaming at blogtalkradio.com 24-7. 
My upcoming guests for the rest of the week will amaze, amuse, and astonish you. They are all exciting, eclectic, and energizing. This is the show where you hear inspiring information that will help you to become successful, too. If you've enjoyed our show today, please click the Follow tab under my picture and become a regular listener by registering with blogtalkradio.com. I would love to welcome you to our wonderful no-whining world. We really love sharing our stories and secrets for success. It's our hope that we can encourage all of our listeners to emulate our guests today and every day. Remember my mantra, if you think it, then you can do it. And now for my chocolate quote of the day, money talks, chocolate sings. So for now, dear listeners, stop whining, start smiling, and start sharing our show with everyone you know. And if that doesn't work, start eating chocolate, lots and lots of chocolate. But remember, be very moderate. Again, thank you to my wonderful guest, Robin Webb, author of Comfort Food. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Story. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity, plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.